Good afternoon. This is the Real George of the Jungle, the Spirit Animal Podcast. Today we do have Brian Cusco as a special guest. Um, before we do get started, uh, we have never met in the past. This is a outreach that we had to uh, this special guest, Brian Cusco. Um, I myself and my spouse would watch his content. Uh, this is a great creator for YouTube, as well as a breeder for reptiles, as well as other animals. This guy has literally dipped or dipped his feet into a lot of fields. Um, if you watch him on YouTube, you're bound to see him in another channel or somebody else's channel. He's totally involved when it comes to animals and other uh, reptile community sources as well. Uh, this man is law and behold. We've been wanting to have this conversation, but today is the day. I will be presenting him today on Bob Marley's birthday, 420. Brother, it is an honor. Is it actually Bob Marley's birthday today too? Is it? I thought 420 was a celebration, right? I I know. Well, I'm certainly aware of the 420 celebration. I I didn't know that he was actually born. I think it was like I, I think it was February when Bob Marley was born. Is not, it? I'm, 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 don't get me mistaken, but I'm not a. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, the only reason, I, yeah, February sixth. February sixth was Bob's birthday. February sixth. So 420 was the day of his death. No, I don't think so I, I mean i'll check that i'll check that real quick but i mean i played in a reggae band for a long time so we definitely loved us some bob marley um i mean anybody who likes reggae like i mean bob marley was the biggest guy for reggae period that he, he put reggae on the face of the map it, so it, it came from a group of marin uh county teens who would smoke every day at 420 is that sound familiar yeah that sounds very familiar so may 11th it, actually he he was bob marley died the year i was born um but he oh, sure. yeah so yeah no 420 was there's was, there's all kinds of theories i remember going back to like the the old high school stoner days like 420 was like the amount of chemicals in or the however many chemical chains in tetrahydrocannabinoids or cannabinol sorry tetrahydrocannabinol or it was like supposed to be like a police code like if people if there was cannabis involved like that was the police code in some certain county or something oh we got a code 420 um there are many theories out there it is actually hitler's birthday i think that, that yeah could be a that thing. is quite yeah <laughs> <laughs> has it been 16 minutes yet nope what happens to 16 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they just say don't talk about anything within 16 minutes <laughs> don't talk about anything so we should just have we have a moment of silence for 16 minutes and then we can start kicking it off <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad you well, it, it is actually go ahead I'm glad for a couple of things well, I'm glad that you played that whole song it made me very nostalgic so the sublime is a good way to get me feeling very nostalgic and also I'm glad that you mentioned this year that we hadn't met in person yet because I wasn't 100% certain because I've met some other long-haired brothers and meet a lot of people out there at the shows and stuff and I, so I wasn't sure that we had met in person or not if, if only for briefly because there's plenty, I've met so many people for like 30 seconds at a reptile show you know what i mean yeah no, i'm glad, never so glad you said that i'm glad you said that because i was actually <laughs> going to ask you i was like i'm sorry but have we met in person <laughs> <laughs> no brother i don't think yeah i don't think we've met at all or even talked on instagram maybe a couple times on here on posts but other than that we've never had a full-on conversation yeah 
Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, on. brother. Well, it is a pleasure, bro. I've been wanting to get you on. There's a, a bit of a, a, not a dilemma within my mind, but just a questioning and, and, and seeing where you came from, a minded, a different minded head to now believing in, in what is a, I see as a fixed minded figure of religion, like God or believing in Christianity. And I, I wanted to digest that on the podcast too, to see what is your thought and what was your catalyst to change all of that. Okay. Um, it was a long, you know, looking back as it's all, you know, hindsight is always 2020, they say, or 2015, which is actually true. Perfect vision. Um, I'm sorry. So I'm told, uh, long time coming, long time coming. Um, looking back, like it was, there were several things as I got closer, you know, cause I definitely grew up. So I guess I should go back even before me. My parents were both raised catholic by their parents um like my mom separately by her folks and my dad separately by his folks both raised catholic and i think because of that they decided to not introduce any idea of religion or, or have us go to church or do anything like that as as we were growing up as kids we weren't we had none of that experience uh growing up and i got to a point I, I, looking at different things you know, whether it was news or i don't know exactly where all the different information comes in i maybe went to a, a youth group meeting a couple times with a buddy when we were like in middle school because he really liked a girl that was going there i think and then we went out with the the youth group leaders and they like took us out we went teepeed houses and i was like okay so we're teepeeing houses this is what church does <laughs> and, and uh and there, so there's that and then and then uh you know we we'd go to catholic mass with my grandmother sometimes uh on, on like special occasions or just every now and then and catholic catholic church catholic mass is usually pretty formal and uh very, I guess, religious feeling be the best way to put it. And then I had lots of, I, I just didn't, I didn't agree. You know, hearing about things like, you know, with kids getting molested by different uh, priests and whatnot and that moving around and like, and all the other things, the negative things, the, the things that happen with men or people, I should say. And, and what I saw is like hypocrisy in religion. You know, that's, that's kind of how I viewed it. Um, and I had that mind state for a long time. And I, I lived my life. I mean, to, to really dive into like how I came to the spot, I'd have to tell you like my whole backstory of like growing up and everything I went through. It's kind of a long story, honestly, because it's my entire life. And how do you break that down into, you know, a short talk in of 42 years? Am I 42? I'll be 42 this year. I'll be 42 this year. Um, damn. So you're old. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're twice I'm my old. age. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Well, you're very mature for your age. I will say. Like, um, I appreciate that. I appreciate. I, that. I wish yeah, I was not. Yeah, I was not. When I was 26, I, I was doing okay at that point. You know, I'd gotten past the meth addiction. I've been through that stage of life already, and been past some some other stuff. Um, but so I was getting a little bit more together. You know, but before when I was like 23, I was still a mess for sure. Um, and well, what was my point? Yeah, 26. I think I was touring. Yeah, I was touring with the band at that at that point, successfully touring with the band. And that's another interesting point is the band that I played with for so long, like my brothers that I played with for a decade plus. There's actually some Christian uh, influence there in the music that we played that I didn't really pick up on because it wasn't like they were like traditional, what I would think of as Christian, I guess. 
yeah. which now I think of Christians, like it, there are some things that are traditional Christian, I suppose, but like they, you know, we're, we're playing reggae music with a lot of weed smoking, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of weed smoking. Um, but a lot of the songs, like we had a song called Noah and the Ark. And we had a song called Going to the Sky. And the lyrics were like, um, when I die, you know, I'm going to the Father's light. Um, and the song called Who Do We Fool About? Do We Fool Ourselves? Do We Fool Our Creator? And all of that, all that kind of went over my head. Actually, when I first got up there to Washington to join them, the first thing we started doing when we got together is went upstairs in this little room and started recording something. And the lyrics they were saying was, the chorus was something like, we need another brother Moses. And all of the, all that, I, it like went right over my head, dude. Stoned, just, I got. You were I just doing the music. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't even start really listening to music, to lyrics and music so much until I got older. It was always about the melodies and the harmonies for me. Like if, if the music sounded good and it had like good beat and like good, like I said, mel I was more about that. I, sometimes I wouldn't even know, I had no idea what songs were about or what people were saying in the songs. That came way later for me in life. Uh, so did all that, I was playing in the band. I got in big trouble bringing lots of uh, cannabis from, Hawaii to go sorry from California to Hawaii and got arrested while my wife was pregnant with my first son and then uh went to prison when I had you know I was on pretrial release for a year but then had to go in and do time when he was six months old and that was pretty rough and that was a point when you know either the low the drug addiction when I was in my early 20s or being in prison when my first son is out there um, I would think that those would be two moments. You hear about a lot of people coming to find religion in moments like that, right? Like they're at the bottom yeah. of the well with drug addiction or in prison. Like those are some common places for people to uh, quote unquote find Jesus, right? That you hear that. I've, I've heard it so many times, uh, people in those situations. And I think that's because, well, God, God is their only hope at that point. You know, if they're mentally like, fortunately I was fairly mentally strong in both of those. I was able to, get out of addiction looking back it was god's hand in it like god's common grace was covering me and i had lots of family members praying for me that i had no idea about and that's what i attribute it to today um because i was i made it through the, i never went to aa or anything like that or any kind of counseling for drugs and it was hard to get off meth like really really hard uh like yeah, i I, 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 fa I failed at it many many times thought i was good for months and then boom right back in the pit um that was that was probably one of the toughest fights in my life and just just somehow I got off it finally without any kind of intervention from any person. Um, and then, and then the prison thing it was, you know, I, I felt okay in there. I didn't have any problems. Um, and, but I didn't also didn't find God there. And I, looking back, I was also always trying to find something like that, looking in all the wrong places, whether it was drugs, whether it was, you know, chasing this and that. Sometimes hiking mountains, not nearly as bad of a way, getting to the top of a mountain, seeing everything and just really feeling the presence, feeling the, feeling the beauty of the creation um, just surrounding me. You know, I feel like I, getting really close to God in spots like that. But it ended up being people that would get placed in my life, building up to a moment to finally peek at this finding Jesus moment. Um, and one of the people, one of the first people I remember um, would be my buddy Garrett, uh, Reach Out Reptiles. He, uh, you know, he, he came into my life, we met him at Tinley through actually some other folks that were Christian. I didn't realize at that point either. I didn't even realize they were um, and didn't even know he was Christian when I met him either. I just thought he was a really nice guy and like seemed like he genuinely cared about me and my family. And he never tried to 
tell me anything about what his beliefs were um, unless I asked. And I just thought it was a really good example. I was like, well, if this is what a Christian person can be like, I was like, that's, I think that I'm okay with that. Like way okay with that. I love this guy, you know? Um, and so, I, and then I, I, whether or not this is connected to Garrett or not, there would be times when we'd be walking through town here and I kind of wanted to have a little bit more community. Like we just had kind of had us and our kids and I had like some buddies that I played in a little side band with up here that were pretty cool, but I didn't have any real friends that I hung out with all the time because I got family, you know, young family. So like we're kind of tight knit. I got my cousin down the street, my uncle up the other way, another uncle over in Morrill Bay. So we got some family around and stuff. But other than that, I don't really know anybody in the community so much, you know, like hardly at all. No, no I've made a video once called I have no friends because I, my buddy Travis is up there. And I see him time to time, but I felt like I didn't really have any friends. Um, so I mentioned to my wife, we'd walk in t- through town and say, oh, maybe we should go check out a church sometime. And she's like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we could do that. And we never did. But I feel like God heard me asking that. And then there was a young girl, Brittany. Uh, she's 21 years old, and she had, unbeknownst to me, been praying about a place to land for her first place away from her parents as a place to live. And that ended up being attached to the studio right here, right on the other side of this wall. And really nice girl. And we'd have some little passing, you know, coming and going passing, like, oh, we should hang out sometime, get to know each other a little bit since, you know, living right there. And she's she was busy, you know, she's got her life going on. We got our life going on. So we'd just say hi. And like, you know, we had her up for dinner one time. That was cool. And then just one day she asked uh, for some help finding power like a power source in her in the shed out there to plug in a light. And I went out there to try and help her figure out if there was power, if we could get power out there, what it would take. And it was going to be a little bit more complicated to actually put a plug in there than, than it was initially thought. But we just started talking in that moment because I had nothing. My schedule was open at that moment. Hers was. So we just sat down and started chatting, going back and forth. And I start, I find myself being very comfortable with telling this girl, this poor girl, <laughs> like my life story and going into all the things that I've, that I've, been in because she just seemed like she was open and she was genuinely listening which is i've been blessed to be that for a lot of people many people have confided to me yeah. throughout my life so many people more people than i could even remember but i've never really felt that as much with other people it's like i can talk to this person about my deepest darkest secrets and it'll be fine i i just haven't had that on the other side of the aisle or the other side of myself as much um and i had that with her and she's just talking about this and that and that I'm getting pretty somewhat emotional because I'm t- bringing up some stuff that I can't believe I'm bringing up talking to this person that I hardly know. Um, and, and then she starts like, maybe I did too many drugs back in the day, but she started glowing a little bit. Like she started putting off light and I'm crying. I'm telling her that I'm like, I don't know what, what this is, but like, you're like, you're, there's light coming off of you. <laughs> and I'm like in tears. <laughs> and she says just plainly, I'll never forget. She goes, uh, can I just tell you that's that's not me that's Jesus working through me and it, and and when she said that it just made perfect sense I was like yeah that makes that makes sense I get like I totally get I understand that based on everything we had said up to that point um and she's like yeah you should you should go like meet up with my pastor or something for lunch or something and and I ended up doing that you know I don't know if it's weeks later I don't remember how long after that moment that it was, but we just went and sat down with uh, my buddy, Brandon, who's you know, pastor Brandon. And he just explained the gospel to me 
which I don't think anybody had ever really done. Nobody just sat down and told me this is what the gospel. I mean, I've had, I used to have these Mormon kids that would come. I'm sorry. I jump all over the place when I tell stories sometimes. No, no, no. I, you're good, brother. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I had, when we lived in Hawaii, there's these Mormon kids that used to come by the house, you know, on mission. And they always go in like pairs and they wear suit and tie, ride bikes to the, you know, classic Mormon uh, missionaries. And I like to talk to people and they seem like nice kids. So I'd like, we sit on the porch and talk. And my wife is a little less like, She's a little more lighthearted. She's like, well, what about this? Like, what about this in the night in the seventies when they wouldn't let black people be priests in the Mormon church? And like, and she, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to like have some tea with these kids and you're going off, and which I appreciate her. Cause she's very, you know, she has questions about stuff. Like she's not going to hold back. Like I'm not going to, she's less in those moments. She's less polite than me, you know, which I like. Um, but, but my point was, I don't think they really told, maybe they explained the gospel in that moment, but maybe I was too stoned to pick up on it. I, I did think they were cool because they were okay with sitting. I had a bunch of plants growing on the front porch at that point in Hawaii, and they were okay with sitting amongst the plants while we talked. And they even, we even brought them some treats that one time, and some chocolate that Hillary made some like homemade fudge, you know, and, and they're like, is this special fudge? <laughs> like, no, no, it's just regular whole fudge. I promise we wouldn't do that to you guys. So they were trying to get me in their Mormon church and I was trying to get them to go and go swimming in the water because I apparently went there on a mission because something had happened with a previous uh, Mormon missionary. Like nobody was allowed to go in the water anymore when they were on a mission. I was like, that's ridiculous. You guys need to go. You're here in Hawaii and you cannot step foot in the ocean. So they were trying to get me to be Mormon. I was trying to get them to go in the ocean. That's kind of how that was working. Anyway, I've only brought that up because I don't believe that I ever heard anybody present the gospel to me and make it as simple as Brandon. And even in that moment when I was sitting there at lunch with that with Pastor Brandon, he, I, I, I was like, everything you're saying, like, I understand it. And I'm picking up and I'm understanding what that means. And I, I can wrap my head around it. I've done enough mushrooms at this point. Like, I've seen some wild stuff. And, he still, and the fact that that correlates with some of the stuff he was saying is odd. But... Uh, he, I, my, I was still stuck. I was, he, he was saying this is a gift. Do you want, so he, he so the gospel, I don't know if, you, if you've ever heard the gospel. Do you understand what the gospel is? I, I haven't really like heard within the Christian, you know, portion. Um, I was raised Catholic. I okay. didn't really pay attention. I was a kid who was just rebellious at that time. Sure. Uh, but I went through the entire process. Um, I'd say that religion to me, brother, is more of a, uh, a way of enlightenment to each person. You know, we all eat different. We all have different clothing. I think that that plays the same way as, you know, if you were going to a specific religion or a specific practice. If it makes you feel good and if it makes you a good person, then by all means, you know. Sure. Yeah. Being being good. Per so I would say you think about rebellion and you think about being a good person. Those are two. I think that we're all by nature at this point where we all rebel i think that yeah. i think that we are as people as humans we're rebellious against god like that's i think that's in our nature and has been since almost the very beginning um and and so and being you know being a good person is is a good idea and I, i'm not sure if anybody has gotten to the point where they were just a good person like i mean oh no I it's a full I, balance you know because I know I've done bad things, and exactly. I I know there's people out there that are way better than me, and they've probably done bad things too. Um, now, my my point. So the so you were raised Catholic. I I don't know if the but did you say you, you didn't hear the gospel or you have heard the gospel? Some parts of it, but you can explain to me, brother. 
I'll give it to you as best as I understand. I'm still, it's fairly new for me. It's less than a couple of years now. So I'm not super studied. I do do study. Like I was at Bible study this morning. And so, but the best way I could think of it is there's like, there's like four main parts to it. So first there was God and God created everything and there was nothing before him and, and humans as well. And however you want to interpret that, you can, but it's, it's that, that simple. God created everything. Um, you know, some people call the universe God. Some people call this God. There's lots of different gods out there, right, that people make. It's like some people, money is their God or any, anything can become an, an idol, I'd say. Um, you know, cloth, clothing lines. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> God created everything. And then, and, then we fell, and then we fell away. There was sin entered the word, world when humans decided that they were going to not live in God's will and live in their own will and take their own knowledge. And that was sin entering the world. And we separated from God and no longer were heaven and earth together. And they were separate. And it was, became a fallen world. Death entered the world um, and sin. And then all of that went around and people, God chose people to come back to him in the Jews um, and gave them the law, his law to try and redeem them, you know, so they could redeem themselves through the law. And the whole story of the Old Testament basically is, is failing. Everybody failing and failing and failing again. They're doing, doing really good here. Doing really good. Oops, messed up. Doing good again. Doing, oh, there we go. Fell flat on my face. Who'd have thought? And that's just like for, you know, however many, however long, you know, the whole history of humans. Basically, yeah, but if you look at history. it, it's, it's like a microscopy of like what happens in nature. Like it's a, it's an evolutionary circle where we evolve. We have this catalyst that breaks us and we somehow either go back in time and we have to start our civilization or we evolve as a species. You know, it makes sense in science as well. And maybe it's, it is part of the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say science. Yeah. Science and God go hand in hand, I would say. Um, so, or the science is possible because, God created everything. So now we have the possibility for science. Um, so where was that? I was at the fall. So yeah, God creates everything. F world falls away from God. We fall into sin and we're away from him. And then he brings Jesus to be, live the perfect life. He comes to earth, you know, incarnate and lives a perfectly sinless life. First person, first human ever to live completely without sin and that was there because there were always sacrifices right he'd have he'd have the jewish people like sacrifice a lamb or to enter into the temple like he had to, there had to be a sacrifice to to make your sin to put, put the sin away so that you could be with god again or like do some kind of sacrifice it's usually like something that, oh we could eat this animal but now we have to sacrifice it and then jesus ended up willingly going and dying um and his death what the work that was done in that in living that sinless life and and dying righteously when he was a, an innocent person as a um, martyr as a martyr yeah as a, as somebody who and that cleansed the sin that that opened up the gateway to go back and have a relationship with god again and uh and so if you, if you believe in the story of jesus you believe in the work he did and the fact that he defeated death when and was resurrected then that's the gospel that's the good news the good news is we've been a we've been apart from god for all of humanity, but there's a way back to have communion with him again, directly through Jesus and the work that he did here. And then there's the, the response. So this is the, this is what he told me. And I was, 
at a point, and he probably said in a lot of different words and probably clearer and simpler and less jumping all over the place than I did. No, and, it makes sense, bro. And, and I, and I, he said, so do you, do you want that salvation? Like, do you want that light and that, that saving grace from God that is a free gift? And even in that moment, I was just like, I, I do, but I don't think like, I'm not ready. Like there's things I need to do. I need to work on myself. Like I'm not at a point where I, I think that I deserve, I, I feel undeserving. And he's like, yes, you are undeserving. Like nobody deserves it. We don't deserve it. It's a free gift and there's no work you can do to get to it. There's nothing you can do. You can work at being a good person your entire life, just like the whole course of humanity has done over the whole course of humanity's history. And you will never get good enough as a person which is, I mean, I've, def- I've certainly messed up way, way beyond. So that was that was my holdback. I was like, I don't think I deserve it. And I, I feel like I have work to do. And he finally broke me of my, you know, he's like, you don't, it's, you don't, there's nothing you can do. You can't work. The, no matter how many things you do that are good, it's, it's not ever going to be enough because it's just a, a world. It's, you have to accept the grace from God to let him work through you and admit that you're a broken person and that you need saving and but it's free it's a free gift and i couldn't i couldn't like for a moment i couldn't grasp so he just said he just said do you want it's free it's just a question of whether or not you want it and and when he said it like that i was like oh yeah i want it i I want want saving grace 100 percent. and since then and the reason i had brought up the prison and the drug addiction, because I'd gotten past those points in life to where now I have a, a family. At the point I'm sitting here down with Pastor Brandon, I've got three kids. I'm making a living doing what I love, making videos, breeding snakes you know, I've kept since I was pets, pets since I was four years old. And this is my life now. I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm not in prison. I'm living a pretty good life, respectfully speaking. I've got a beautiful wife, loving family, people who care about me. And, uh, and yet from that moment on, my life has been more ultimately changed than, than it's, it's a whole different life from that moment on. Everything has been different. My perspective on life, my, uh, every way that, that God has come in and, and when I accepted to be part of that, that, adopt, that adopted family, um, everything has changed. Everything has changed in this, this last year and a half, year, year and nine months. To, it's beautiful, bro. It's beautiful. <laughs> to uh, just to, just no talking with him, you know, I was just praying with him this praying praying God this morning, and just like I apologize, it's still a kind of emotional no subject to, for no me. No need to apologize, bro. Um, I mean, he's just brought in this whole host of brothers that I've been yearning for, and just been answering prayers on a daily basis that are undeniable and it's all and i've I've had moments that are rough too it's not like life has gotten super easy in fact in many ways life has gotten a lot harder with certain things you know like because i've been pretty open about it because a, a few days into being saved i was reading a book and uh i was he, he he's uh, the book at the end of the third chapter the author invites you to close your eyes and ask God to speak to you. And I did that. And he, he showed up like in three seconds. He said, the author says, take three minutes, close your eyes and, you know, just ask. And God showed up literally in three seconds. He's like, just talk to me about me tomorrow on video. I was like, whoa, that was fast. I can do that. And so I did. And so I've been pretty open about it. And in doing so, 
it's been kind of beautiful to see some of the people that came out of the woodworks who had um, been very uh, sheep, sheepish. That's a, that's a fun word, funny word to use for that. Have or you know were not comfortable with sharing their faith publicly. Um, and I'd encourage much of those people, but also how how many people would put me on blast for it too. So, um, then it's and it's fine. You know, it's interesting. As somebody myself like myself who grew up very introverted. I'm just a converted introvert. You would never imagine I was a kid that <laughs> wouldn't go on the playground if there were other kids there or that wore like, a hood. You're an undercover lover. Yeah, wouldn't wore a hood all the way through middle school so people couldn't see me. Um, so to put myself out there like that on something that's so deep for something that's very, I hold so close to my heart and soul and just put it out there to be attacked and be okay with it is weird. It's strange. Uh, it's a strange feeling for me to be so okay with so many people attacking something that I hold so closely to my spirit, you know? It's uh, like, you know, everybody has a perspective, but sometimes when it, it's like the whole thing going on with uh, women not being able to, you know, marry or, or people not being able to, to marry in certain other states or not being able to, to abort or an abortion. It's overreach. Like, it's my body. It's my right to believe what I want to believe. You know, it's it, it's a, something that should be a freedom, not taken away by the government. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, are, we, are we moving into abortion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's past 16 minutes. We can dive deep. So, <laughs> if you, I don't know. If you, are you asking my perspective on abortion? or are you saying- No, no, no. What I was saying is that it's kind of like the belief thing, like believing in any religion, you're saying it is being opposed, like you're always questioned about it, or it's always something that's so dear to you, and it's always constantly being attacked. Like, it shouldn't be anybody's questioning, you know. It's your body, it's your belief, it's your your methods of, of evolution, your methods of evolving or being a great person or whether you don't want to be a great person or not, whatever your balance is. Yeah, I'm still not a great person, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's perfection in nature. I, I believe I'm part of nature. Yeah, perfection is, is certainly not uh, – yeah, yeah, we're, def- we're certainly part of nature, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, Nature, yeah, nature. There's, hmm, is there perfection in nature? I think there was at one point. I think it's coming back. Um, the beauty, yeah, yeah. There's certainly beauty. Uh, abortion. So, so it's funny you said abortion because I, as far as like people telling you you can't because your body. I mean, here's my perspective. Since you brought it up, here's my perspective on abortion: is that it's killing, or that that it's you know if if. If you have an abortion, then that that's a baby that's dying. And then so so when you're talking about like nobody should tell you you shouldn't do that, but then should it be okay to just kill people and you shouldn't tell people they shouldn't do that because that they shouldn't kill people because that's their right to kill them. There's a lot of controversy there, brother. There's a lot of controversy. <laughs> you brought it up. You, I didn't say abortion or, or whatever you said. All, all I heard was you say abortion. <laughs> and I was like, did he just bring up abortion? Because we can talk about it. I'm fine talking about it. I mean, as, as a man, you know, as a man who's never going to have a baby um, yeah. myself, you know, who had never had a chance. I was, there was no point in which I was ever going to be a person giving birth to a baby. Um, but... I still, I still see it's it's a baby, you know. In my in my eyes, yes. If I were to have a child conceived in the womb of my my wife right now, I would say yes. I would be like, no, we should think about this. We can figure this out. 
life should live. But when it comes yeah. to another person's family or another person's life, like I have no say. That's their body. That's their being. They should choose the right to choose. That's what the United States is about. Well, I mean, with life, though, you're talking about life. Like, should you have a cho- should you be able to have the choice to end somebody else's life? That is not my choice to choose. Like I said, I would choose not to in my own personal life because this is my my creation. I focus in my own life. But when it comes to other pers- people choosing what they want to choose, I, I believe they should have the liberty to choose what they want to choose. So you think any should anybody should be okay to take another life if that's their no. decision? I don't think it's okay in my eyes, but that's their decision to take it when they're not prepared per se if there is any possibility of rape or if there is any issues with maybe a child not being ready and they're underage or a person that just doesn't want to because they don't feel ready as a person that choice should still be there you know it's not to take it to the extreme to say okay this person shouldn't kill this person at this time of a year being inside of the person's womb or if it's been birthed already that that might be an extreme to say but i can see your concept it doesn't really make sense when a child is not ready maybe if they're they've been raped and they're 13 years old or a person has been you know traumatized with throughout relationship and they can't handle to bear that child that should be their choice so you think like legally it should be their their choice to to take a life if they're not ready to support another life or if they're legally, too much trauma they should have the choice legally they should have the choice to choose what they want to choose regardless of what it is in my perspective of my religion in my perspective of my my being you know i shouldn't have the overreach over any person's being or what they want to do with their life when it comes down to a decision where it's it's ethical and it's somewhat in our perspective of what we consider social in our construct where it can be bared by the other person or the other community. I, I hear, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from with what you're saying. But the one thing I also hear is taking, taking a life that it shouldn't, shouldn't be okay to take life. It's, that it's okay at some point to take, take life or make the decision to take life. Um, and that should be left up to somebody that, I mean, I understand it's a, it's a touchy. I understand it's a touchy subject, and maybe one that. And then, if we go, and then if we go on through the other side of it, like let's say if you're sitting on the bed and you're about to die, and a doctor can permit an operation on you, isn't it the same extreme to say that that person will go under operation? It should be left at God's hand, and that person should die because it's its time. Is that the same? Well, I would, I'd say that's totally different because that's a person that's lived their full life and they're ready to to die. I don't know. Well, I don't know that you should. Let's assist. say that they were 13 years old or they were 18 years old and they got hit by a car and they could automatically perform a heart surgery and they could live. And they could live. And they could. What, what do you mean? Live. You, uh, As you're saying surgery save, save a life, save, save save a life, a life. versus taking a life. Oh yeah, save a life. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, definitely save a life. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I thought you meant like make the decision, like, oh, let's take them off life support because they got hit by a car and their life's not going to be as good anymore. <laughs> Should we decide whether or not to just not save their and life? Per se, like, and per se, that that person could be on life support for 30 years, but they wouldn't be able to live a natural life. What mm. would be that extreme? Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be a rough one. Like, are you going to just be hooked up to machines that keep you breathing for 
however long. Um, you know, you know hopefully, it's, it's, it's a controversial subject, but the both extremes exist. Hopefully somebody at, at that stage, you know, the, well, you know, if it's a 13 year old, they probably don't have that stuff worked out yet. Like, what do you do? Like making that decision? Like if I'm on life support, you know, only keep me for this long. Usually that's an adult that makes that decision, you know, for what happens with them when, if they get to that spot where they can't respond, you know, what their wishes were. But if you don't have those, yeah, it becomes really tough. Like how long does a parent that has a 13 year old in that situation say, let's keep them on here, you know, cause maybe they'll wake up someday. You know, hopefully I would hope that, well, not hope, but maybe at this point there's enough, there's far enough uh, machines that can read like what's happening. Like if their brain's still functioning, but they're just like in a deep coma sleep, you know, I would think that if it was my kid, then I'd probably want to give them every chance possible as long as there's still a chance that they could wake up, you know, that's, let's hope for that. Let's hope they're going to wake up. Um, and, and if you, you can have those machines attached to them that are saying like, they're still got good brain function. It's just like they're in a deep sleep and they, they might still wake up and it's not like they're suffering in there, you know, then, then let's, uh, let's bring them. Oh yeah. Let's, that, that would be my, that would be my choice. Let's, let's absolutely with for life. But at the point of brink where you're, you have the choice to, to retain a life or you want to put them through torture because they are in some certain pain. Would you release the trigger? Or would you let them live throughout that pain? Or will you ease the process? What would you do in that consideration? As you're saying, taking a life, well, what about keeping a life in support? Is that still contradictive to the subject? Does it still impede God's will? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, see, keeping the life alive is not against God's will. Certainly not. In a state of pain. I mean, well, the suffering, life, life, there will be suffering. There is suffering right now in the world because it's a, a broken world. Certainly we all, we all suffer. We're all suffering at, at some level, um, whether it's, you know, excruciating pain or that. I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't been through some kind of suffering, you know. Definitely. Um, one of the things that we talked about before, I'm, I'm glad we're moving away from abortion because I, I don't think we're going to see 100% eye to eye there. And I'm not trying to, I don't want to force my, my thoughts onto no, you. No, no, no. I, I see your, your, your point of view, brother, but I see that, and I want to repeat it. Like it's, I believe that every, every mind is, it's, it's creation as you are God, as you're a mirror of God, I believe. That's kind of what the gospel says, maybe. Image that we're all created in the image of, of God. Of God. Yeah. yeah so all, it, all image it, bearers. Yeah. So in a sense, aren't you at choice to create your own world and the greater you create it for humanity or to better any other life around you like you are a great inspiration brother because like all of you the the shit that you've gone through you put it out a lot of people might grab on that that inspo as well and maybe better their lives because they see you as some type of motivation and that's something that i see as well uh but back to that subject bro i don't think it's a controversy like where Somebody shouldn't meet eye to eye because they believe that a human shouldn't be born or, or not. It, it, it's it's their choice to a point. That's my belief, not unto you or anybody else. But that's like something that I see, you know? Yeah. Well, well I'll, I'll respectfully disagree that somebody else should be able to decide if somebody <laughs> else should die or not. <laughs> Although that's it's still happening, certainly. I mean, there's, there's capital punishment in some places. Um, and... Uh, Oh, we got we got a cool cool comment though. I see there's a, there's some folks in the chat at least. 
Shout out to Creative Reptiles Alliance, brother. Thank you so much for checking in. People who are against abortion don't ever have a solution on what to do once the child is born. Oh, there take are care so of many there are so many children in the system and not enough pro life parents willing to take them in. There's well, I, I know plenty of people willing to take in kids. I know, I know lots of folks that that adopt kids at this point. I mean, you could you could make that argument, and it is a bummer that that there's not the good system that there was at one point for the 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 adoption. But I I certainly know plenty of folks that would like to have a kid and can't, and it is hard to get to a point where you're allowed to like you have to go through such a process to be able to uh, adopt children. But I would I, I'm certainly not of the perspective like let's just okay get get the kid here and then let's just let it suffered <laughs> like I'd, I'd love to have kids come in you know i would love to actually adopt kids at some point um i don't know that i'll ever That's be allowed sad. to because of my legal history um but i would love to i would love to do that you know to to just be able to pour love on some some more kids that are that are needing it you know if i was have you done research by, by chance is there any legal like is the process the same if you were to adopt from another country or is it the same rules or what are they I've not done research yet. No, I've, okay. I haven't been to that point yet. Um, and we're still having actual kids of our own. You know. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on the latest baby, brother. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Um, let's see. Where, where were we at, though? We were at... Um, Pass abortion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> image, image bearers. Um, yes. Inspiring, inspiring folks to be better. Certainly good. Um yeah, sorry, I forgot where we were at. We bounced, we bounced back. Brother, what are your spiritual practices or daily habit routine? Like, what do you do like that you consider spiritual on a daily? Um. Well i i try I try to remember to pray every morning. You know, sometimes things happen different. I I don't have any routine, really. Like, honestly, the only routine that I have. And, and this is, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share this because it's literally the only routine that, that has been constant in my life, but as have that morning, morning bowel movement, I, that has been, routine <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's something you about just say, this man takes a shit every morning. <laughs> have you ever listened to Poor. Devin the Doom boo-booing? That's you. I'm not sure about that, but I, I've made some, I made a song called, uh, what is this crap? Once and it was like my was, on my Triple B it, TV channel. Oh, you did hear it? Nice. It, it's my like daughter my was most... listening to it. She's like going through the rhythm. I'm like, are you listening to this girl? <laughs> I, I wrote that whole thing, all the little the little melody. I just put a little key, like playing the keyboards on my computer, like do 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 do. Oh yeah, what is this crap? <laughs> oh man, man, that was fun. That was a fun one. I bring it up because that's I, I uh, toilet humor. I also have a song called Pee on a Tree. That's also done really well on YouTube, <laughs> but that's the only routine, honestly, like that's the only like solid routine that I've had for almost my entire adult life. I think my entire adult life every morning, every morning, like every clockwork. Morning the shit. It's great. Uh, yeah, I hear that. I hear stories of people that aren't regular and that like have issues with it. And it's like, man, that sounds horrible. That sounds it's like one of my biggest blessings in my life is that routine. It's like I just get to get it all out. And, and I, then, I never thought I would say it publicly, but I, I, we find similarities in that as well. <laughs> I do take a shit every morning as well. And it, it, it's constant after I take, after I eat, any any type of bowel you know, movement inside of my stomach becomes a BM. I'm, I'm done. 
Like I got to go to the restroom. <laughs> so there's that. And then from that, I mean, I come down and I you know, check on snakes usually, especially if I fed, fed just the night before to make sure I'm not going to have a rat that's going to be hanging out for any longer time than it needs to be. Um, so that animals is part of it. Uh, you know, so the family, the, not too much of, there's not much routine in my life, I would say, other than waking up, doing the, doing the business, and then moving out through whatever the next thing that is. More recently, you know, in the last year and a half, often I pray, like, just for God to keep me in his will, for, for, to get myself out of the way, and ask the Lord to lead me in whatever it's going to be for that day that, that he has for me, um, which is when I take that, that stance and that, that posture of humility and allowing myself to be be led and because i'll mess things up guaranteed like if i put too much into anything i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up at some point so if i can get in that flow in that rhythm of what that plan is then it usually works out a lot better <laughs> so i i do try to do that on most days today i was definitely all over the place i mean can i can i tell you what today was like because it any day is different Absolutely. so today i got up at 4 a.m and then you know, you know what happened next. <laughs> and, and then after that, I, I went and uh, picked up a friend and gave her a ride to the airport down south because she had to be there early and didn't want to park a car for a bunch of days. So I, I took her down there, came back up, stopped in here real quick, grabbed a couple of things, uh, went, off, went off to Bible study. And then after that, went from there to my buddy Dennis's shop. This awesome guy, this guy, Dennis, bro, he he's like, he reminds me of one of my best friends growing up. If one of my best friends was somehow now a 70 something year old man and just like sweet as can be, I don't, that's the only way I can just describe Dennis. So I went to his place and he helped me buff out the, he noticed the other day that the headlights on my car were like all fogged over and I've been meaning to buff them out, you know, so they're clear again, cause I'll probably get pulled over, but he buffed out the cars and I brought him burritos and, and he had coffee. He like repairs coffee machines. So we, we hung out there for a bit, left there just in time to pick up the kids, take them to school, drop the kiddos off at school, um, come back and then drop the car because needed an oil change and then played a little pickleball while the car was getting its oil change Then came back here with the car, had the baby for a bit so that my wife could have a break. And then, uh, oh man, no, then, then editing, you know, editing is at some point in the day, I'm usually editing video. That's kind of routine, I guess, because I, I edited some of the, the whiskey channel and um, got started on the vlog and uh, Freedom Breeder. I produced the Freedom Breeder channel. So I, I did that video. So it actually just that video posted um, right when we started this podcast. Which, ooh, which, by the way, I love how punctual you are. You're like, oh, we got 34 seconds and we're on. I love that. I'm the same way. I try to be the same way. Um, so there's, so got the editing done. Shot back out to play a little more pickleball and then pick up some dinner. For the way I found that pickleball is a good way to get me moving. I'm, I'm like you said, I'm I'm old. I'm starting, I'm getting older. <laughs> pickleball really works for us old folks. <laughs> so I, I got some of that in, and then uh, you know my dog's around too, of course, and he needs some petting and and loving, and uh, then some more time with the baby, and then back here to be on the podcast. But I I haven't stopped moving today, and that's normal for most days. I usually am going, going, going. I did all the feeding last night and, it, and everybody took rats, which is great because I didn't have to clean up any stuff. And I had already gone through all the snakes. So I'll, I'll go through all the snakes and make sure that there's no poop and all that stuff. And some, I won't do it every single day. If I've gone through all of them just the day before, I won't go through all of them again because they're not all going to have pooped. So I try to attack them in, in sections sometimes as well. Um, 
Do you handle them like work with them on a on a daily or a week? Um, yeah, I handle I handle a lot of this. I handle way more than one snake a day. That's for sure. I mean, I handle. Let's see. Yesterday, I handled all the babies um, that are that are still waiting to go to homes. All the babies that I'm not keeping that are going to other homes eventually. I handle all those. I handled. Uh, so we handled the uh, Leukistic, Bernice the Leukistic. We handled, uh, we lo- checked out Princess's eggs. She's sitting on some eggs. We got out the Super Dwarf, um, took out one of the big retics, uh, took out, which one do we have? I had, some, I had some kids over here um, that I met at church this past Sunday, and they came over. And we're taking out a bunch of snakes and having check. Oh, we took out the indigo snake. Um, we didn't take out the scrub python. Well, we took out the blood python. We took out the berm. Um, a few other ball pythons. I can't remember exactly which ball pythons. But yeah, yeah. I try. To, I like to handle snakes. <laughs> Feeding snakes, handling snakes. Some of my earliest childhood memories. I remember the first time I got bit by a snake i was seven years old and it was my pet and i was i was just being i was just like holding it to my face just being like Ooh, look. and it's bam bit me around the nose <laughs> and, I, and immediately in that moment i knew it wasn't the snake's fault this is something i've, I've held to this day if a snake bites you that's your fault <laughs> yeah it's like a small abduction to them right? yeah like them yeah i remember i got bit i was like well i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> That was when I was seven. That's probably like the the smartest thing, the smartest realization I ever had was that that was my fault. <laughs> it was it was a bite of the dragon, you know. That was the day you decided to work with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've even taught my kid because my daughter's taking a few bites at this point too, and she just knows she's like, "Yeah, the snake just made a mistake when it was." <laughs> oh, well, in that case, because when it was, she took a feeding response bite, so that's what she means by by mistake. Like the snake didn't make a mistake that it bit her per se but she understands that she because she had been playing with chickens and i didn't know that she had been holding chickens a bunch so it smelled the chicken on her and so mm-hmm. i tell her that's why it didn't he wasn't mad at you or he wasn't scared of you he actually thought that there was food there and that's why he bit you like that because he thought you were a chicken and so this so she says to this day you know that he just made a mistake because he thought it was a chicken and which was true that's what happened yeah, like at the at the pop-ups, because we do pop-ups at the club, uh, I have people sanitize their arms when they're holding that they have food or shit on their arms. I'm like, please just like put on some hand sanitizer. Just make sure you don't get bit. Sometimes totally. you smell it. Yeah, you don't want somebody. Yeah, so, if, oh, so you do like educational programs and stuff for the snakes? We take, we, we used to actually, we actually just got hit with insurance. We're, we're supposed to have insurance, I guess, but I need to totally. get a special permits in, in order to take the animals. But we were doing it for about a year and a half. We were oh, taking every last Sunday of the month, uh, three retakes and a couple burdens. People will take pictures with them, and we'll do a small like setup with animals, sell a couple animals, or give references. And we just talk to people, get you know recommendations. We did a couple of educational showings, educational showings for kids, um, birthday parties, and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's that's one of the greatest things you can do man with these these animals is get people that are not used to them or think of them as um it's like the best feeling it's the best feeling to see somebody you know get over the phobia or feel it for the first time 
overcome that like, fear. I've, I've did this for the first time in my life. I'm like, oh, that's 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 wonderful. That's why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. Oh yeah, I love it. Especially a teacher. Like I've gone to some schools where, like a big a big assembly, you know, where like the whole school's coming in at, in different groups, like different grade groups or whatever, and inevitably there'll be at least one teacher that'll make a point to me that they're leaving and they're not coming back until I'm gone because they don't want <laughs> to be anywhere near the snakes and finding that because the kids are fairly malleable, you know, they're fairly easy. Like they see other kids doing it like, Oh, I was scared, but now my, my friend, my other friends holding this. So I guess I can. In fact, I had a girl do that at that same assembly. There was the, that same, these two same people, these two same types of people were at the thing a teacher that told me that and this little girl who came up and because she had her hand raised because everybody's raising her hand she came up and decided she was terrified and changed her mind and just stood there and started crying <laughs> and, so, and this is for the whole it was a big one too it was like a whole assembly you know they got like a whole gymnasium full of kids who just stand up for their crying oh, I, was like, I was like it's okay it's okay you dug and i was like here you want to you come up and she just stood there and cried and then the other kid and i was like don't worry it's okay and he, he's gonna hold it instead and so he's he's holding it the snake and she's kind of looking crying just kind of like decides she's okay and looks and like oh Oh, look he's doing it it's, it's fine and then so then she stood up there stopped crying and it w was handling a snake and that's awesome you know for a kid to watch that happen but that teacher that teacher zoom out that teacher that's built up a whole life of i am terrified Here. of snakes and i'm not getting near me to have that person then be holding a, a 16 foot python and taking pictures with it that that's one of my favorite moments in that type of situation for sure yeah, man, because you see that child overcoming. We've done a couple outside of restaurants where kids come up and they're just like, what is that? Like, I've never seen that animal taking Asian water monitors out there, rhino iguanas. And the kids go crazy, man. You just see it in their eyes, that sparkle. And, like, I recall, like, when my dad passed away, um, actually from pancreatic cancer, I started watching oh. Brian Darchek back in 2012. And he kind of got me out of that rut. I asked my stepmom or my mom and my stepdad for like a, a snake. And they're like, no, why, why don't you get a fish? So I got wait, a 75 wait, gallon you, tank. Sorry can, sorry, can you start back like at the beginning of that story? Like the uh, this is just the timeline. I was curious. So your, your dad passed away. I'm sorry. Yeah, he passed away in 2012 for pancreatic cancer. And around okay. that time, I started watching fish programs and I started watching Brian Barczyk. And wow. Around that time, it was like almost like a healing moment for me because I found that hobby with fish. Hmm. It got me like a 75-gallon tank, and I started with salt water or, or fresh water, and then I, I added like a small little salt water tank. But it was like just watching the, the, the shows with Chewy and watching all of like the other shows with, with the big guys, it was it was fun. I, I saw like the, the humor that it was imposed about these animals just being animals like no fear whatsoever so i would go down to like pet shops and just like hold the animals or i worked for PetSmart for about a year and a half and when animals would die at PetSmart, i would switch them out for tattoos so my tattoos were from dead animals um i would sell them to my tattoo artist as taxidermy bottles you know filled with alcohol and ciroc bottles and he would trade it for a tattoo yeah. <laughs> but that's where it all started from from uh a passion to to from death to a passion but death has always been near to me wow yeah it's that's a that's a crazy story crazy timing for to hear that story for me for sure just like the whole way that it came about for you yeah 
Wow. Yeah, he, I, he died when I was 16 years old. I was left on the street. I left to live with my mom. I left her for about a week. I was on the street. I ran in front of a car. I attempted to commit suicide. Then I met my wife, and from there on, it just became a different relationship. And we started dating. And her wife or her mom let me into her home, and I was there until we started to move out. We built our family. I was a father at the age of seven or 18 or 19. My wife was 18 when she had her child. I was a young dad. There's some benefits to starting young, man. I'll tell you what, there is, it, raising there is. kids takes some energy, bro, and you don't get as much energy the older you get, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's really fun. Oh, yeah, definitely, dude. I, my, um, Julie, the girl, girl, I don't know if you know or familiar with Freedom Breeder too much at all or not. But, yeah, um, I think the uh, Freedom Breeder Brooks. Yeah. Uh, so Julie is like my age, maybe a year older or a year younger. But she's she's a grandma, and I'm like, dude, that's so awesome because like, I'd love to be this age and be a grandfather. Like that would be incredible. I I can I could take those kids and just like I don't know how I'm gonna be when I'm actually a grandpa. You know I don't know how many how many piggyback rides I'm gonna be able to give or you know how high I'm gonna be able to throw them in the air or or wrestle them and let them jump all over my back. You know I don't know how that's gonna be when I'm actually a grandpa. But right now, if I was a grandpa. I, those kids could be, we would be going to town, you know, I mean, I'm doing that with my kids now, but I can only imagine, you know, so anyway, my point was, yeah, getting started young with kids, man, there's a reason, there's a reason that we're able to have kids when we're young, because it takes some energy to really work with them. <laughs> it does, bro, and, I, and if I wouldn't smoke pot, like, I'd be everywhere, I'm the type of guy that's constantly moving, like, I can't, and I'm, I've never done yayo or anything, like, I'm just, like, a hundred percent all the time like i'm trying to do something <laughs> and i get flustered if i'm not like doing something i just get pissed off in my head hmm. interesting yeah. yeah interesting man <laughs> oh I'm, it's just hot and humid and funky and i i'm smell i'm glad that you're way over there on the other side of some screen because it feels good to put my hands back like this and my arms out but guaranteed there's a horrendous odor emanating from these armpits right now it's, purple gotta, it's not even it's, the yellow one. It's the purple one. It's got to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bro, what was your previous career to, to breeding reptiles? Or did you always breed reptiles and it was always a business? No, I, I didn't start breeding reptiles until 2015. Um, before that, well, for a couple years before that, I was helping out my uncle with, um, what do you call it? Uh, some construction stuff like carpentry and, and whatnot when I moved, first moved back to California. And before that I was, uh, I was a professional musician for about 10, 12 years. Oh shit. So you like taught for schools or, or I mean, no, like I, players? like I toured, toured in a band. Oh, okay. What was your band's name? There were a couple. We had guidance, uh, and free sound were the, the two main bands. I also played sometimes with a group called Warsaw Poland Brothers. They're actually from close to you. They're, they're in Arizona. They were out of, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? I can't remember which town. Tucson? Maybe Tucson. That's from. Oh, that's where I'm at. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of those things. That they, they had a song where they'd go through all the different names of the different towns in Arizona. They'd be like, something about blah to die in Tucson, or something to die in Yuma, die in wherever. Um that was a fun band, dude. Those guys were, but I didn't play with them too much. Just basically when they would come to Hawaii, but 
man, this band was like, they would go through in one song. There was one song they had that they would go through like so many genres. It would go, it would go like hip hop, funk, country, punk, uh, like Irish, or like Scottish, like traditional, like like Celtic kind of music, all in one song. So much fun, so much, and that's their styles too. They play songs that were just like just uh, like traditional Irish tunes. Um, or songs that were just that's punk sick. rock, or songs that were just just ska, or just you know kind of reggae. Such a fun group to play with. They were just like, and they were rock and roll about it too. You know, like the the front man. The, they were just like, they put on a show. You know what I mean? Like there was one time, I I gotta tell you this story because it was such a awesome rock and roll moment that I just to be on the same stage as this was happening was so incredible. Just to see how smooth Aaron Aaron, the front man, the lead singer, was just a firecracker of a dude, man. And he's he start he does this. It's a quick movement, what happened, but like just the nature of how smooth it was. So he's playing, he's going off, he's going crazy. And in one move, he jumps off the stage, knocks this lady over, like, <laughs> like gently. And, at, and as he's knocking her over and jumping off the stage, he's putting, putting his guitar behind his head, starts playing a guitar solo with the guitar behind his head as he's still falling to the ground with this lady. And then he's like on top of her, doing his guitar solo on the ground and she's just like and she's just loving this lady is like having the time <laughs> of her life while this is happening and it was so i've never seen anything so smooth and incredible and in the moment at a show like it was just should, i couldn't should be believe, a song dancing on a lady <laughs> i couldn't believe that it happened like while i was watching i watched it happen i was like how did a nobody get hurt? How is he still playing solo? How did he get the guitar behind his head while he did that? And how is she loving it so much? <laughs> and how and everybody in the entire place is losing their minds, just like this is the best thing ever. Like it was just so cool. It was such a cool little like it, it literally took you know probably in real time it was like a, a 10 second thing, but it. But to me, like it's it's a life story of, of a moment, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I didn't even do it. I was just playing the drums. I was just sitting back there playing the drums, watching it all happen. I was like, "Wow, what a moment to be part of!" <laughs> and you get you get into it, bro. Like there was this time I was at the Rock. I don't know if you have ever been here in Tucson. It's called the Rock. It's I've right not downtown. Been to Tucson. Not been, to, not Tucson. been to Tucson. Yeah. Well, there's this this uh, center or this like uh, auditorium called the Rock, where rock bands would come. I think. Uh, some of the old metal bands would come. My brother had a band called Dreaming Awake. So I would do pre-recordings for them and like demos for their band. And there was this time where they were mosh pitting in the pit and one of the band members got hit in the nose and he starts bleeding, but this guy's like still going at it. So he's got like blood flicking up in the air. Like the guy in the singer, lead singer has blood in his face. So it looks like, you know, something from like the movie of 300. Like there's like a battle going on, but like blood is everywhere. And I was getting this on recording. I'm like, holy shit, like they're really feeling this right now. Like, I don't know what they're feeling, but they're feeling something. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I've, I've, I've been in some mosh pits. I don't know if there was a, I don't know if that, that type of thing actually happened. But yeah, definitely, definitely been in a, a mosh pit or two. Many, many a mosh pit, I should say. Primus, Primus mosh pits, some of the most fun mosh pits on the planet. Tell you what, <laughs> there's something about them. They're so like bouncy and and fun. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah, there's some that are fun. Some just look aggressive. I think I was just in the wrong crowd. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, the the ones that the ones that I don't, you know, and it's, this is probably something true of like every older generation is like, oh, what are those kids doing? <laughs> but like the mosh pits where people are just like throwing full on like roundhouse kicks and punches, <laughs> like with a reckless abandon. I'm like, oh man, that doesn't look fun. I don't want to. I, I... <laughs> But for some people, it's odd. They're obviously having the time of their life. Um, yeah. And if you go back to like Afro-American like uh, dance and culture or Afro culture, oh, they used oh, to Western, dance. Like, yeah, West, cool African dances, West African dances is just crazy. I used to, oh, dude, this is a cool little story. There's this girl named Lissy, and she was studying a lot of West African stuff and uh, she would do like she studied West African dance real hard, and like I'd go watch her performance, just so incredible. Um, like just some of the the movements and the dancing, and just like the the energy, the energy of it, just like wow, that's just like they're going for it full bore. Um, and she went to adopt a kid from Africa, like down the line. At a point, she went out to Africa to you know to adopt a kid. Um, I, I think she couldn't have kids her own, but she wanted to have, have a kid, and she chose to go to africa um i don't know i don't remember exactly what port she did to do that but she it was like from this village or something you know and she got there and they were like what you're not gonna adopt a kid from like who are you she's a big like she's a big white girl blissy and they're like not what they, i think that you know they saw her and they're like you're taking one of our kids <laughs> Even if they did need adopting or whatever, you know, they were, that was the part, like there were people that needed adoption. Um, but she went full, she like went full and did like the African dances with them. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. You can take one of our kids. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get pretty aggressive in those dances. Like you, you see a lot of emotion. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Wow. To a couple of presentations in Santeria, uh, when, when during the initiation and some of the other dances of the Baba Laos, when the high priest comes and they do the sacrifices of chickens and all that, um, there comes like three dancing ladies dressed kind of like almost like Greek culture, like the same belly skirts, but they have more of a flow and, and less bedazzle. It's like more of like uh, earthy feeling, almost like jungle feel. Mm. And they start dancing like south africans you know it's very aggressive and movement and they become invoked with the spirit and olofi which is what they believe in the synchronicity of of the uh, catholic faith as jesus christ or god um or the olodumare which is all the creation um they believe that they can invoke it by by dance or by the pleasure of dance or the the serenade of dance hmm. yeah dance is certainly a powerful thing man like yeah, dancing dancing is is a beautiful thing. I really I would, I would say it would go hand in hand with yoga, like do some some type of emission of the body movements or some code, you know. Hmm. I've done quite a bit of yoga. I used to. Okay, this is one great blessed time of my life when I was living in Hawaii, and basically for a whole year and, and i didn't have much i had just gotten there you know i had like a backpack with some clothes and every now and then i would sleep on a friend's couch sometimes i would sleep in a hammock in a in a friend's parents yard sometimes i would just find a bush and curl up in and sleep on the beach or whatever I, so i was doing this for about you know a good good year i'd say with no like firm place just kind of floating around and but 
that's one time I had a pretty good routine. I would wake up, I would do one of these two things, which is either yoga or get in the ocean. And I'd first meditate. I'd first meditate and just imagine like in my mind's eye, pull back from what I was at. I knew where I was on the island. I could pull back, see the island and pull back from the earth, just like in my head meditating and uh and yoga and swimming in the ocean one of those two things but but both of them definitely just one of them was sometimes first sometimes i swim first sometimes i yoga first but they would both happen as the first two things and then i would go find a coconut and i would eat it and drink the water and i started like every day like that for a year in hawaii and that was just so simple and so incredible you know i, I could see people like driving to work uh, on a highway while while I was doing this and I was like man how did I get this you know but but somebody else could be like you got a backpack with some clothes and you're sleeping outside <laughs> <laughs> but your perspective was like I don't have to do that <laughs> <laughs> it was a positive perspective though oh man such a good such a good yeah it was a good time right there man no kids at that point, so you can do those type of things. Beach bum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a bucket list. That was a good bucket list. Yeah, some good stuff. Oh, dude, I could I could probably talk to you all. Even I, I probably have to go. I, have, I probably have to go upstairs soon and help out with the little little man and and whatnot. But um, For sure. Shoot, we shoot, you're you're pretty easy to talk to, dude. Um, this is a good, this is a good little conversation. I think we're having. It's just, it seems pretty natural. There's no, yeah, it's good. I like it. Appreciate that, brother. Yeah. Well, I have some questions here about our spirits and our animals and reptiles. I wanted to see what was your similarity. What, what do you see in nature? And you're like, oh, this is Brian. Well, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I, I naturally go to lion and maybe that's because i was born during the you know the the time of of leo on the calendar um and then my name also rhymes with lion so it's pretty pretty good uh and there, and so yeah that that's a natural thing and then my wife used to think i looked like a lion especially when I, I used to have hair like yours like my hair was like down on my butt for like 17 years so I had a big old mane yeah. and then i kind of do some like lion type stuff i guess you know yeah. Uh, <laughs> but i had a good i had a buddy when i was a kid and i was also and i, I don't know i don't know it's sometimes some of my friends are so funny that i think they like wrote stuff down beforehand especially dave kaufman did you get dave kaufman on sometime he's hilarious but he seems like he's got some notebook somewhere where he wrote all this stuff down you know the day before and it's like just ready to just drop it but this wasn't a dave one but it was uh this is my buddy pat and he was asking i don't remember how it all came up maybe people in this whole group were asking you know what what you know, are you a Leo? Are you a Sagittarius? Are you this, that? And, uh, and also like the Chinese calendar symbol. So I was a lot, you know, Leo and you're the rooster. And I, and as soon as I, right after I said that, he just looks over me, goes, so you're just a lion cock. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you're a lion cock, son of a, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did you? It seemed like you would have to have had that information previous to just like <laughs> drop it so smooth like that, you know, on beat. But that person has experience. 
but that's the best answer I could give, man. I used to pretend I was a T-Rex when I was in first grade. <laughs> Tuck my arms in my shirt and like walk around thinking I was the coolest kid on the schoolyard. Even also probably the hugest dork at the same time. Like, like man, if, if people, if somebody looks at me right now and be like, whoa, he's a T-Rex. <laughs> Freaking, that's pretty cool. I wish I could be a T-Rex. <laughs> Fun, bro. At what age would you do that? First grade first grade yeah, something something my daughter would do oh i did something like that too once in the uh, second grade actually now i think that was also embarrassing when i look back on that um you know there was show and tell i had no idea what show and tell was i moved from southern california up to the bay and was going to a totally different school from second grade before first grade and we'd never had any show and tell before that moment and all of a sudden it's like oh this is something that we do the show and tell and you can just like have a thing. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for it at all. I had no idea that show and tell was a thing or that it was happening. And so they're like, yeah, just anything. If you have a special talent or whatever, you know, just share something with the class. And I went around the room pretending to be, I don't know if it was, I honestly don't remember if it, it definitely wasn't T-Rex. For certain wasn't T-Rex, but I was maybe pretending to be a lion. Something like yeah. that, like crawling around on all fours, just like scratching the back of people's chairs and like, ah, and just like, and that's what I did. And then after a certain, after a certain a while of me doing that, like, I don't remember how long, much time transpired, you know, when I was seven, but at some point the teacher's like, okay, that's good. <laughs> so he just cuts it off there. Yeah, just cut it off. <laughs> and just cut it. I remember everybody in the class, it was super awkward. Even thinking back to that, I can remember how awkward I think it actually was. Some people were laughing. You're like, oh, it's funny. He's just crawling around, uh, scratching people's chairs and pretending to be some kind of animal. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, looking back, that's probably embarrassing. I'm glad they didn't have cell phones in school at that point because somebody will play that back. Me, oh, there he is. There, that's that's Brian Cusco. <laughs> uh, Bro, going back to to that point where that that girl became illuminated in light. Have you had any sense of premonitions? The reason I ask is because when I was about seven years years old, my mother left me when I was a child, and um, and when i was seven years old um we went to this retreat which was part of like the wow. catholic retreat i'm sorry to hear that man oh no no worries it's part of the story brother <laughs> and uh, when we were at the uh retreat they were looking for a water deposit or some type of water flow for the retreat so that the students could you know have water during the, the whole week okay so i told my grandfather i was like there was a Catholic statue or a Jesus or some type some type of statue in the front. And they're like, there's no statues on the grounds. But I went to drive with my grandfather and I told him the statue was right here, but where I pointed where the statue was, there was the water deposit. And about seven to ten minutes later, my grandmother uh, from Mexico calls with my mom on the line. I hadn't spoken to my mom in a couple of years that she wanted to see me. So from that moment it was it became a premonition. And later on, I started studying other things and, and other areas of religion and seeing where trauma comes from and where our mind can guide us and what we transform into our current time. So I believe that premonitions were very akin to me with synchronicities. And, and I believe that things like seeing humans illuminated or things that you see with your eyes or your senses are also God-given. Um, have you had any other premonitions like that? Hmm. So when I think of the word premonition, I think of like seeing something before it happens, maybe is what, I, like if you have a premonition, like you, 
you see something before it happens. So I, yeah. so I'm just trying to understand the what the word well as a, as a premonition or as a type of, I would say like a sixth sense, like maybe it was an apparition or a sense of some type of supernatural feeling that mm. is not within our concrete 3D movement or what our perspectives are in this dimension. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I'm making sense of that. Um, well, here you got to take into account, my friend, like how many mushrooms I've done. So I, I once ingested about a quarter pound of mushrooms. Um, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've I've seen I've I've had some visual things. You know, people. Some people say hey, you don't really see much on mushrooms. You ain't taken enough yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. So, but I did kind of prove to myself at that point that okay, so so there there really is no lethal dose, huh? I guess if you can just have a whole quarter pound, like you're, you're gonna be all right. Um, so anyway, oh, so here's here's something. Yes, here's something interesting. So since, since then, um, there was a time. So no 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 light, no no people glowing or anything like that. But uh, there was a time I went on a hike last year with my dad. We went backpacking trip. Uh, my dad and my son hiked out Point Reyes. It's gorgeous. It was such, such a great trip to be with my dad and my son on their his first backpacking trip. And like, there was a time I went backpacking with my dad where I was like, I had been up, you know, for however many days on on meth and tried to go on this trip with him. And I went with him, but it was probably just horrible for him because I was like tagging back and like just slept for twenty hours after we got to our camp. And he, it, it felt cool because it felt like I was kind of redeeming that time. And I was like, okay, now I've got his grandson and we're actually, I'm not on a bunch of drugs and we're like going to go out and enjoy this as a real family, like a good thing and not like something horrible. <laughs> um, and so we're out there and at some point, you know, while I'm walking, I like to, I like to just pray randomly, you know, whenever, it, whenever it comes, like if I feel the urge to pray, I'll just start doing it, which is great. And it's, it's something that's so new to me, you know, relatively speaking in my life. And and I, I was doing that at one point and just sat there with the wind and laying, hearing it blow through the trees. Okay, I'm, I'm mixing together two different backpacking trips. But there was another time where I sat and prayed. Um, and when I was seven, I used to think I could control the wind. Like I, I'd go out in the backyard and take a stick and like go. And I, and I swear <laughs> the trees would like all of a sudden all this wind would come and the big tree in the backyard was just like... And it really seemed like I had control with this stick. You know, I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was, I was seven, but there was this time backpacking and I'm back there and, I'm, and I would pray. And, and at this particular moment praying, I got into a spot where I'm by myself, anybody else isn't around. And I'm just sitting hearing the trees with the wind go through the trees. And I would, I would pray about everybody I knew basically. I was like praying for everybody I knew in my life, you know, that I had known. And just like that, that's kind of where the prayer was at and praying for every, all these folks. And, I would just have these moments and just praying and, and out loud and speaking. And then I'd stop and then the wind would come and just like, and then, and then I would pray again. Um, then the wind would stop and I'd, I'd pray again and just keep praying. And then I'd come to a moment where it felt natural for me to stop praying. And every time I stopped praying, the wind would blow again. And then I'd wait for the wind to stop. And then I start praying again. And when I felt that it was time for me to be, when I was reaching a point, where I was like, I'm just going to be quiet. The wind would blow again. And that was pretty awesome. That was, I, I noticed it, you know, it was happening. I was, I'd pray, I, I wouldn't stop because the wind started blowing. I would stop and then the wind would blow. So that was a moment that I think that you're kind of talking about. And the reason I brought up the mushrooms initially is on this other backpacking trip, the one that was actually with my son and my, my dad. 
um, I went to go take a nap at camp under a tree and I didn't really fall asleep. I just kind of laid there and, and um, prayed instead of sleeping. And just and as I started praying, the only thing that I can compare it to as something that was a previous experience was I had a mushroom trip dead sober through through praying. Um, that That's the only other type of feeling I like the way that things started processing through my spirit and soul and like the thing, the way, like, it just felt like a full on mushroom trip. Um, but I, again, you know, I just, I, we had nothing but, you know, water and uh, peanut butter, basically and tortillas. So I definitely didn't have any psychedelics. <laughs> um, there was ear in the tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> it was pretty fresh tortilla. We just got it from the store. You know, so not that you can't get mold in uh, in a fresh pack of tortilla sometimes, but I usually inspect that stuff pretty well. You know, <laughs> like oh, looks good. Let's eat it. <laughs> so th those couple things. I mean, I've had lots of cool moments where. God's been so faithful to deliver on prayers the same day that I pray about them. Um, and some folks like to believe in coincidences and whatnot, but some of these things were like the way that they happened had to have been put in motion so far before and for them to just take place on the day that I prayed about them. Well, it's like the day that you, you release and I like to picture it this way. It might, it might be relatable. I'm not too sure, but, when you release yourself and you're like, I know it's going to happen for the good because it's positive and today's going to be a good day. It's like it, it happens because you put that into the universe. Have you ever listened to the double split theory? or do, Are you aware about the double split theory? I've not heard of double split theory, no. I'll, I'll send you a clip of the video so you can see it, but okay. I'll try to, try to explain it. <clears throat> there was a theory of the dead cat inside of a box where you visualize it. You say, okay, there's a dead cat inside of the box. Well, it in theory, it's probability because you haven't yet looked at the box. So there's 50-50 chance whether it is inside of the box or that it's not, right? So you, you are not 100% sure to say which is reality. I like to think that maybe there's a less chance that there's a dead cat in the box than there's a chance. Hopefully. <laughs> but in reality, the cat is already there because you already said it because we already put it into to word, right? So now what they did is that they took this plate of light and they micro fiberized the, the speed of light or the speed of how it was passing through the, the plate. And it had diagonal lines on the plate. Wait, so wait, the line, a plate of light, like, like if a uh, thing. It was like a metal plate that was being intercepted between the wall and the plate. So there was the plate, the wall, the light of Dean was right here. And the plate was right here. It had diagonal lines the light was being shot through the plate and the light was being shown here. Gotcha. So what they did is that they recorded the, the light being visualized by somebody. So somebody was staring at the light. So somebody had attention towards the light. And when somebody had attention or the eye was actually looking, the light interacted in different ways where it, it, it went straight through the lines and it made this vertical pattern. But when, nobody was looking at the light and it was being recorded they saw that the light was interacting in multiple hundreds and endless possibilities of ways so the theory is like the god particle when we don't concentrate on the bad we concentrate on just the good there's endless possibilities so it's almost like you're saying your prayer is so positive that you're a hundred percent putting it a hundred in power like it's within your feeling and you're feeling it in the moment 
and like you said it's becoming an exponential trip or a, a shroom trip then at that point i think you've reached that god particle where you feel like it's it's almost like a synchronicity but you feel like it's god given that it, it should have already been pre-planned before and i'm with you everything is not a coincidence everything is concrete Sorry, my wife came in real quick. Like, no worries, brother. I think I, we're going I, overboard here. <laughs> I, put, I put everything. I, I always put everything on hold for, her, especially in these. You know, with the three-week-old baby, it's like if she's if she needs my attention, it, it goes there. <laughs> I, I've, I've, you know, otherwise I don't. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um, she was just wondering where I had put the cookies. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's that is interesting. I, and I sorry, I still I still caught what you were saying, and that is, uh, I have heard some stuff. I have heard similar theories. Maybe I'd heard that theory, not being able to know what the name was for it. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's super interesting. I'm I'm always interested in stuff like that. You know, like how we interact with the world and and reality and and and. There's another study. It made me think while you were talking about that study. It made me think of another guy. I cannot remember his name. He was a he was a Japanese guy. I wanted something Moto. I think Harimoto. But he did these uh, experiments with water, basically, and with rice and water, and like taking jars of water, and and speaking angrily, you know, like putting negative energy into the water or putting positive energy into the water. Literally, like taking some of the experiments were taking these jars and just writing all these really nice, like you're beautiful or, or just all these like really positive things on this water um, and taking the other jar of water, right? Things like, I hate you, or you, you know, you're the worst, you're ugly, you're, 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 all this negative stuff. And then they would look under, look at like the hydrogen crystals of the water under a microscope and like the ones that were all the positive stuff, they, they made these beautiful crystalline, like snowflake types of stuff. Oh, awesome. T you want to come show it? My daughter's coming and she has something to show. Um, she caught, she caught, is this the first bluebell you caught by yourself? Yeah. It is, huh? This is a cool moment. This, this is her first, this is her first uh, catch ever. Her first solo, no brothers helping. Uh, she caught her first, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see it? A little bit lower. Ooh, what is that? It's just a little Western fence lizard. Ooh, those are nice. Yeah. Good job, T. You take good care of him. Take good care of him and make sure you put him back where you got him, okay? Good, nice work, T. <laughs> good catch. Um, so yeah, and the, so and the one with the negative words all over it, like just formed these like, just like chaotic looking water structures, and they do the same something with rice and water too. Like they put the water with that had all the positive stuff with rice, and they put the water with all the negative stuff with the rice and like the one that had all the positive stuff like the rice stayed you know it was like kind of nice and white and fluffy and in the same amount of time the other one like just got all mold, like died basically you know it got all moldy and went to and it's super interesting super interesting experiments these guys did with stuff like that you know it's life because that's that's how life works you know if you introduce this virus into nature it could die off to an event you know it's it's an evolutionary process it's pretty interesting stuff man Definitely interesting stuff. Yeah. I think the the women in my life are telling me it's time they need my attention. <laughs> no worries, brother. One last question for you. What's your favorite genre of music? Oh, that's such a tough one. Oh man. I've oh I I'm not gonna have a solid, straightforward answer for that question, I promise. I 
Well, the, the another thing, the women in my life and even the women in my dad's, like my mom and my sisters, like both me and my dad have this thing that everybody knows you're never going to get like a straight answer. I'm just like, yes, or, oh, this. It's always going to be some backhanded like spin of a whatever. So I apologize in advance for that. Um, I can't pick a certain genre. <laughs> I, I used to have two bands that like somebody asked me, what's your favorite band? And I, I finally, like I'd been asked it enough times. I was like, okay, I need to have like an answer other than that I can't, then I don't have an answer. And so Sublime and Led Zeppelin. I still never picked one. But I always, I put it between Led Zeppelin and Sublime. And I was like, those are my two. They're very different from each other, but they're my favorites. Um, you know, Led Zeppelin is super, I mean, you could call it rock. It would go classified under classic rock. But you listen, if you listen to all of Led Zeppelin's material, that just doesn't seem like that's enough. You know, it seems like they go outside of classic rock, even though that's technically what it is. Because um, it's not like classic rock is even close to my favorite genre. That's that sounds way wrong. Like no, classic rock is not my favorite genre of music, um, and neither is California white boy reggae. You know, but that's what Sublime was, um, and <laughs> and they were like my. They just created this nostalgic feeling in me. You know, like the the stuff at the time of life that I was really listening to them. Like being a young skateboarder. You know, like stoner, like that. It just like I even had a Dalmatian growing up. You know, I, I, sometimes I forget that they that a Dalmatian was such a huge part of that band. I had Dalmatians growing up at that time, so I was like, I really connected with the music. You know, I was like, wow, like these guys are singing about like feels like I'm living through a lot of stuff that they're singing about, and it feels good too. And like it's got this reggae like backbeat, like like we're doing island life, which ended up happening for me, and uh, the Dalmatians. I was like, okay, this is my band, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dalmatians. It's always black and white. Zebras or Dalmatians. <laughs> Interesting in the musical world. Yeah. Um, to this point, yeah, yeah. No, I, do, I definitely don't have a favorite genre, man. I, I'll listen to some country and it'll touch me just as much as some Beethoven, which will touch me just as much as some, um, you know, this might be blasphemous and I, I, I'm not supposed to say it. Slayer is one of my favorite bands now that I'm a Christian, but, you know, I love me some Slayer, dude. Uh, <laughs> so. But, I mean, I've, yeah, I like all kinds of different genres, you know, different different modes for different times. I have mosh pits with the boys upset. We'll put on some Pantera and just go like pillow fight, full mosh pit, Pantera pit. Like, <laughs> I love that. Doing that with the boys, man, just get out some of that boy aggression, you know, just let it, let it all fly. Oh, yeah, that's a good time, too. Yeah, sorry. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good deviation. Brother, I'm going to let you go there. Just hang on tight. I'm going to close up here this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. This was the Spirit Animal Podcast. Brother, this was Brian Cusco as well. Bear with me here momentarily. I'll be right back with you, okay? Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. This was with Brian Cusco, the Spirit Animal Podcast. Always much love. This is the real George of the Jungle. You all have a wonderful night.